to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and in the iHeartRadio app. Cam went to the Super Bowl. You know, uh, he's a great guy. I've been on Cam for a minute now. And like I say, like I like I told uh, some people that talk to me, I talk to like it's no disrespect to Minshew. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to be we're well, getting the best position that as a team that as we can win. You know, and uh, that's all that was about. You know, just uh, just a friendly friendly competition because you know they bring out the best in people. Okay, so that is Leonard Fournette on first take yesterday and we played that yesterday uh i think too and we saw this a couple weeks ago this is not a new story Mm -hmm. but i will say i was a little bit surprised if you know where i'm standing on it it's i'm a little surprised this is kind of that he doubled down on on the whole picture of cam newton i i didn't have a big problem with a couple weeks ago again when we had mark long on the show mark had a problem with it mark said some things about leonard fournette uh that that you know his opinion uh, again, everybody's opinion is fine. Fournette didn't like it. Uh, a lot of people chimed in on it. Uh, it was really one of the most viewed segments we've had in, in quite some time. Uh, but that was from a couple of weeks ago. And it all started with the Cam picture. And I just kind of laughed it off. I mean, honestly, I said, that's eh, Leonard being Leonard. And I'll also say this. I've been very uh, supportive of Leonard, I think, overall. I, I I said yesterday on the show, I think he's a, an interesting guy. I, I think he's hard to peg. I don't know if he is. This is a guy that does so much for the community here in Louisiana. He gets it. I love that part about him. He's got a good heart. Really do. Uh, I think he knows where he came from. Uh, he's been a star ever since he was 12, and he's had to deal with that and handle that. And sometimes he's handled it well at the NFL ranks, and other times he hasn't. And I think he's even acknowledged it. Uh, so I think he's grown. What I don't understand about Leonard is I don't know if he wants out of here, or if I don't, I don't know if he wants to kind of be the man that everybody kind of rallies around. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, I have no idea. That that's where I'm kind of crossed up on because I think he sends mixed signals on that. Uh, and this was one of them. Yeah. So I just don't know if you're a, a guy that had worn the C before, uh, meaning the captaincy. If you're a guy going into your fourth year and you want to put your arms around this team, even though you might be a little frustrated with a lot of the things that have gone on from Tom Coughlin to now some of your your good players leaving or, or in Jan's situation wanting out. I understand there could be a little bit of, of frustration, but if you want to go into this last year and be the the guy that people rally around, I don't know if this is the right way to go about it. I, I don't know if this was necessary at this time. Now, do I think it's damning? Do I think it's super damaging to the locker room? Do I think Minshew really cares? Uh, probably not. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he loves it, mm-hmm. but I don't think he really cares that much. Um, I think he's got thicker skin than that, and he's got other things to worry about. So... I don't want to over-dramatize this, but the more you think about it, the more it makes its rounds around the country, man. It's not a good look, is it? No. Uh, I mean, so here's what I think. All right, when that picture first came out, I was like, all right, well, yeah, him and Cam Newton are friends. I get it. He's just trying to show up for his friend a little bit. That happens all the time in the NFL or on social media, so it's all good. But then... You know, as this picture gets more and more attention, then he goes on ESPN and then like he campaigns to bring Cam Newton in, all behind the banner of waving that if Cam Newton was to come to the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, they could be more competitive. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to deny that statement, because I think if you bring Cam Newton to the Jaguars, I mean, you want to talk about some, you know, various things with like. Kind of like that Taysom Hill style, right? Where if it's third and, you know, in short and you have Cam Newton in the game besides Garner Minshew, that can give you a lot of things. 
So I can relate to Leonard Fournette's point on that, where bringing Cam Newton can offer you a dynamic look um, that teams have to plan for, you know, and teams have to game plan for. So I like that. But here's the problem, though. You're not going to bring Cam Newton in for however much money he's asking, and I guarantee you know it's going to be a pretty decent amount. You're not going to bring him in to be a backup quarterback at that price tag and maybe get in the game three or four times a pop. Okay, you just don't do that. That makes zero sense. So with that standpoint, unless I guess Leonard Fournette wants to pay him like four million dollars, and the Jaguars can cover the other side of it and like pay him off the books, well then by all means, let's bring Cam Newton in right now, Fournette, and let's let's, let's get it going. But if that's not the case, and it's not going to come out of your paycheck, and it coming out of your account, then I think Cam Newton's going to be too expensive to be in the backup quarterback role. And, and it's as simple as that. And from the locker room perspective, you know, from because let's be honest, there's not a lot to talk about right now in the world of football. Right, everything's shut down, obviously. And this, you know, this story right now with Cam Newton, it's one of the bigger stories, and um, you know, in football. Once again, I think it's bad optics for the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously, because we're talking about Cam Newton more than we're talking about Gardner Minshew and how good he's going to be going forward. But I think from Gardner Minshew's perspective, I I don't see Minshew being affected by this, right? Like, do you think Minshew saw that interview and was like, oh, man, my starting tailback hates me? Like, what am I going to do now? No, man, the reason why it makes Gardner Minshew so intriguing and, you know, possibly the, the quarterback of the future for the Jacksonville Jaguars is because he doesn't really care about what other people think about him, even his own teammates, uh, if need be. I don't think Leonard Fournette going on ESPN and, you know, trying to get Cam Newton to Jacksonville is that big a distraction. I don't think there's going to be a discrepancy once people start going back to the locker room. I don't think Gardner Minshew really cares about it. And at the end of the day, I don't think Cam Newton's going to be coming here. So... It's just, you know, it's just a way to get yourself out there if you're, you know, Leonard Fournette and good for him. But I, I don't see the big deal about it. I, I do say this, and I said this before. I, I said, uh, is it just Leonard being Leonard? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's why I said two weeks ago. And I think a little bit of it is. But, again, the way he backed it up and doubled down a little bit was like, all right, I'm not sure they need this right now. What's interesting here is this. I'm not so sure Leonard said anything different than Doug Marone might have said yesterday in a news conference with the local media where he said, hey, we're all for competition. Or Tom Coughlin when he was here. But he didn't say a name. And so with Leonard and a teammate saying that, a guy who's been in the huddle with Minshew in his rookie year on 12 different occasions, actually 11 because Leonard didn't play the last game, just felt different. And And I'm not sure in there, I mean, he said nice things about Gardner as well, but... But Marone kind of was like, hey, if we roll the ball out right now, we're ready to go. He's working his ass off. Mm-hmm. We're fine with him. But we're going to breed competition no matter what position it is. And so to that, there's no difference really in what Leonard was saying. It just felt different. And I think it's also because it's Cam Newton. We we talked about this when Cam Newton got let go. What about the prospect of him being here or anywhere as a backup quarterback? That is an answer that nobody knows. You know this. Some guys can handle that, being demoted to a backup role. Mm. Some guys can't. And I think people are curious about Cam Newton if he's not the guy. What does that look like? Sure, give him a chance to be the guy. But what if he's not the guy coming out of camp anywhere in the NFL? How's he going to handle that? That's a place he's never been before. Mm -hmm. And so I I do think that curiosity about Cam Newton is different than even saying, like, what if Leonard had said, hey, I think we should go get a guy like Andy Dalton. He's worked with Gruden before. It would be good 
to have a guy, an older guy, a veteran with Minshew, and even create competition. That would have felt so different. Mm-hmm. We're all saying that. Yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. You know, and if you're really concerned about winning, then why not make an argument for Jameis Winston then, right? Because I think Jameis Winston going forward has a little more promise than Cam Newton does. Listen, when Matt Rule came over from Baylor, went to Carolina, he had the option to either move Cam Newton or cut him or keep Cam Newton. And we know what he did. He brought in Teddy Bridgewater, and he let Cam Newton go. That should tell you right now about what an offensive-minded coach Matt Rule was of what he thinks about Cam Newton. Okay? Now, I don't know if it's more of an injury concern. I don't know if it's a performance concern, a combination of both. I do know Cam Newton's coming off a Liz Frank injury, and I'll tell you what, because I know all about Liz Frank injuries. You don't really come back the same after it, even the next season. Go ask Maurice Jones Drew how that Liz mm-hmm. Frank injury treated him and then how his career kind of went downhill after that. Go ask him. Okay? And you want to talk about the Liz Frank injury with Cam Newton where he depends on his legs. He he depends on, you know, making the drives, m- making those plays last longer with his feet. All of a sudden you're going to ask him to be a pocket quarterback now? When has Cam Newton ever done that? So, listen, I understand what Leonard Fournette's doing, Okay? Cam Newton's his good friend, and I get it. You're trying to look out for your good friend. I get it, man. It's all good. But if you're really concerned about winning, then try to campaign for Andy Dalton. Or if you're really, really concerned about winning and you're worried about Gardner Minshew, then try to campaign for Jameis Winston. It's as simple as that. Um, Honestly, man, I I think Cam Newton would actually be my third choice of Jacksonville Jaguars out of Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston himself. That's interesting. Uh, You know, here's the other part of it for me. I find it very interesting because a couple of times, maybe as well way back at the combine, I think even recently coming out of free agency, Marone said it, and I think uh, he said it again yesterday. In fact, I know he said it yesterday, Uh, but I've heard it a couple of times now from Doug Marone, and he kind of talked about the player that they want, Mm. you know, the player they're looking for. And multiple times has now mentioned no drama, no drama. You know, over the years, people have said, we want the guy like Caldwell, Coughlin, we want guys who love football, man, who love to play the game, you know, all this stuff. And we talked about it. I remember being at Monster Trucks. What kind of uh, that's where we were doing our show. What kind of player should they get Mm -hmm. in here? And we said, like, you need more of the Josh Allen guys, right? You, you can have fun. Josh Allen's a fun guy. Mm-hmm. He's got some dog in him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you, you want to be able to grow, be that team guy, but not always that me, me, me guy, that coming across as me, me, me guy. See, and I'm not going to go straight out. I'm not coming after Fournette and saying, hey, he's just a me, me, me guy all the time. But this this is what they're talking about, I think. Right. This is what they're trying to avoid. Now, this is the NFL, man. This is a new day and age. This is branding at its best over the last handful of years. We've seen it. You can do that. You can still have success. I just think they're trying to avoid some of this. Mm-hmm. They're trying to avoid the Jan stuff, quite frankly. And Jan is different personality than a lot of these guys we've seen, whether it's Fournette or uh, even a Ramsey. But I think they after the Ramsey drama. After 2018, from Telvin and what's gone on since to even Fournette in that 2018 season, drama is a word that they're using, and they're also trying to avoid bringing into their football team. Sure. Well, this creates more of it on the heels of actually about the same time as Marone was saying it yesterday on a conference call, Fournette's kind of creating it. Yeah. With the Cam Newton stuff on well, first take. And, and listen, n- nobody, at, 
and I get it. You have Fournette on the show, and you say, yeah, so this Cam Newton post, explain it. But then ask him, what, what is it about Cam Newton that you want on your team over Gardner Minshew? That's the question people have to be asking him. Because once again, I guess I'm tr- kind of sticking up for Leonard for right now, but I'm saying if Cam Newton was to come in and be the backup quarterback, well, keep in mind who the offensive coordinator is. Talking about Jay Gruden, right? Back in the Bengals, talking about the Wildcat offense, the Wildcat offense started in Miami, correct? Yes. But Gruden was a big advocate about it. Gruden won a lot of games in Cincinnati with the Wildcat offense. So with that being said, I think Gruden would like to use Cam Newton and some of those kind of various packages because he has an imagination. He likes to open things up a little bit. But my only issue with that is the fact that Cam Newton's going to be too much. If you can get Cam Newton here on the low, 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 low at the discount price, at that Walmart half-off price, well, let's go then. Let's get Cam Newton in and let's have him come in for four or five snaps a game. But I just don't see it happening. Last question for now on Leonard. Do you think he just wants out you think he'll is this kind of it's it's his own little fun way maybe of saying i don't care i'm gonna say whatever i want if you don't want to put up with me get me out of here then yeah do you think there's a part of leonard seriously that wants out you see telman's not on this team anymore jalen's not on this team anymore jan's trying to get out of here aj Boyer's not here calais his locker maybe has a ton of respect for not sure. here anymore do you think fournette wants out yeah i mean it's like i said yesterday i think leonard fournette wants to win ball games and when you win ball games they have fun i don't think he's having fun right now I think the writing's on the wall for this year. He thinks that it's going to be a bad season. I think he wants out. I, I think he wants to go to a winning program or a winning team. Yeah. Uh, program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing, really. Yeah. Uh, I still think the Jags, you can't convince me the Jags are not better off with Leonard Burnett on the football team. I think they need to go a different route in terms of their philosophy. I think they will in terms of just Leonard, 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 Leonard. That's why they need to get weapons in this draft, too. I think he's a great player, man. But I I think they're better in 2020 with my job on the line, if I'm Doug Marone, with Leonard Fournette on the football field. Is he their best offensive player right now? He, I think, is in the top three. It's him, it could be Minshew, and it's Shark. That's it. That's really it. (laughs) Hard to answer that question past that. When we come back, we celebrate the Jacksonville Sharks. That begins, and then more discussion about the NFL, the draft, and more on ESPN 690. Yeah, I don't think you replace Hopkins. I I think that every year is different. I think that this year's offense will be totally different than last year's offense or the year before's offense. I mean, I think that Timmy Kelly and myself were doing a lot of Zoom meetings with our offensive staff. We're thinking about who we have on our team right now. That's your guy. That's going to be Brent after his 20th pick for the Gold Coingo show. Talking like uh, <laughs> Bill O'Brien, trying to justify everything. I can't wait. Yeah, uh, man. Bill, come on. Come on, man. Yeah, well, of course. Hey, but of course the offense is going to be different. You just got get, you got rid of one of the best wide receivers in all of football. Of course the offense is going to be different. No kidding. Captain Obvious. Just a little bit different. The gift that keeps on giving, Brett, the Houston Texans. Oh, I'm pumped for this draft for them, too. Like, obviously, Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm pumped for them. Let's see who they take. We've been talking about it now for like the past three or four months since the Senior Bowl. Can't wait for that. But a close second, a close second to watch the downfall of an organization is the Houston Texans. Because I, I want to see them con, you know, continue just to make these baffling moves and give me some ammunition to talk about on those Twitter mentions for your Twitter page. <laughs> All right. Uh, we will Poor get J. to J. that. Watt, you know? Oh, man. We, hate to see it. We will get to that in, uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but we are celebrating the Jacksonville Sharks here on the show today. And uh, right now we want to welcome the program. And thanks for hanging on through the commercial break. We appreciate it uh, to actually. Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. It's Brent Morton, Austin Lane, and we are joined by Sharks wide receiver Devin Wilson. How you doing, man? 
Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, no problem. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. And uh, we're going to have some guests on throughout the day as we celebrate local sports in town. And that includes the Jacksonville Sharks of the NAL. Uh, tell us a little bit about last season. You're now a two-time champ, and you had a bunch of catches. Man, you guys put up some video game type of numbers a year ago. 112 receptions, 1,300 yards, and 32 scores. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I was uh, very fortunate to be in a um, very uh, receiver-friendly offense, I would say. Um, had a, Our head coach was uh, Sire Burley. He's known as one of the best arena-wide receivers ever to play the game. Um, so, you know, that kind of helped um, being coached up by him every day uh, and also every day in practice uh, competing against the guys we had um, made Saturdays easy, I would say. That's pretty cool. Uh, Devin Wilson with us, receiver for the uh, Sharks. You've been doing this a bit in the Arena League. Uh, what do you like about it, man? Why do, you, why do you keep going? I know you guys aren't making millions of dollars, but what is it about playing in uh, in arena football and also uh, playing here in Jacksonville? Uh, arena football, um, kind of growing up, I'm from, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, originally. That's where I was born and raised. And uh, the Nashville Cats were very big when uh, I was growing up. And uh, I got my first taste of arena football very young and kind of, you know, didn't understand it, but it, I just thought it was so cool. Um, and then, you know, I was been playing football since I was five years old. I uh, was fortunate enough to spend a year in the CFL uh, and then, you know, uh, got into arena football. And it's uh, it's like nothing else you've probably ever seen if you haven't seen it. Uh, you know, I mean, you might catch a football, you might catch a player, uh, you know, as a fan. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's just fast-paced. It's very, um, very fan-oriented, I would say. You know, you might go to an NFL game and, the score might be, you know, nine to six or something like that at the end of a game. In arena football, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be close to 60, 70, hopefully 80 points a game. Um, but no, I love it. Um, I love the game. Um, I love the grind. Uh, I would say more so than anything, um, the preparation and, uh, you know, the camaraderie to get to be around guys that have the same goals and aspirations as you. Um, it, I love it. And, um, Jacksonville is a great city. The Sharks are a well-known arena football team, uh, one of the best, if not the best. Um, and, you know, in 2017, they uh, opened their arms to me where I was fortunate enough to win my very first um, professional or very first championship ever. And um, I kind of fell in love with the city. Hey, what's up, man? So this is Austin, man. I actually played against you at TSU. I actually went to Murray State University. Here we go. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, man. So, so, so I'm pretty sure you would have played one of your sophomore year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think you you actually you got some reps in there. But, hey, it's been a long time, man. It's great to hear from you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, Murray State, y'all, y'all, uh, y'all kind of beat beat us pretty bad one year. I do remember. Don't, very, very we, don't, bad. we don't need to talk about that game or anything like that, Devin. Man, you know we're talking about the Sharks. Oh, come on, I, I was going to bring it up. Devin, by the way, played yeah. Tennessee State from 2009 to 2013. I think Correct. I have that right. So that was would have been two years. Yeah, couple years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, were, were you guys same conference then? Oh yeah, same yeah, conference. So. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. Come on, Brad. Come on now. But anyways, man, I wanted to ask you about. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I don't know the Murray State oh, conference as well. Is in the Ashland Conference? No, no, it's all good, man. It's all good. But, man, the question that I got for you, obviously, you know, coming from the college game, coming from playing football, 
How hard was the transition to go to the arena game? You know, especially as a wide receiver where everything's a little more compact, everything's probably a little bit quicker and then the arena league. So how was that transition for you to go from college to the arena league? Uh it was it, it kind of took it took a it took a minute to get used to. Uh, you know, uh I didn't understand this whole thing about walls that everybody was telling me about. You know, you you, <laughs> you can't just there are, there is no out of bounds, you can't just run out of bounds. Uh, you know, the, just, you gotta be able to work in a phone booth, I would say, you know, versus being on the outdoor field, you have maybe more room to get open in arena game. You don't have that much room to get open. So you gotta be able to get open pretty fast. Um, and also I would say probably, uh, the motion, the high motion, you know, uh, and outdoor football game, you have to be stationary, uh, in the arena football game, you know, you can get a full head start running at the DB, which makes it very fun. Um, and everything, but that would probably be the biggest uh, difference, I would say, is just kind of, um, you know, the walls and the high motion, I would definitely say. Yeah, and it's a, it's a fun atmosphere, right? I mean, half the time, it feels like you're at, at, at a kind of like a concert yeah. most of the time, and the fans are, have been so good here in Jacksonville. Devin Wilson with us, a uh, member of the Jacksonville Sharks, and, and has just had a ton of production uh, in the NAL as the, uh, as the champs of that league. Uh, i got to ask you real quick, and you don't have to say you do, but, I mean, Austin, fifth-round pick uh, of the Jaguars back in 2010, you guys go up against Murray State. I mean, do you ever remember seeing <laughs> film? I mean, were you guys game planning for a guy like this? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure, um, you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of ways, you know, I've had a multiple uh, game plan since then. I would yeah. definitely say that I had to remember. Uh, but uh, Murray State, the OVC, uh, just, you know, the Ohio Valley Conference in, in a whole is a great conference. Um, you know, you got Murray State in there. You got Eastern Illinois. You have my alma mater, Tennessee State. Um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo came out of that conference. Um, you know, you have a lot of other good guys that come out of there as well. Um, you know, Tennessee State's kind of known as offensive. You know, my entire offensive line from college played in the NFL. Um, so, no, it, it's a lot of guys coming out of that conference and uh, a very good conference, I would definitely They were double-teaming you, Austin, no doubt. Uh, I tried. Um, <laughs> my question, too, too, obviously, and I'm not sure if it's changed now, but back when we played, you know, Tennessee State actually played at LP Field where the Titans play. I mean, oh, okay. what was that experience like, you know, playing? Like, I mean, was that kind of like a recruiting tool a little bit, knowing that if you went to Tennessee State, you can actually play your home games in an NFL stadium? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. You know that's a great thing about Tennessee State. Um, we we have we have two home fields. We have the LP Field or um, Nissan Stadium, I think it's called now, and then um, we had our home stadium, which was a Hell Stadium on campus. Um, but no, it was great. You know, getting to uh, you know go there every Saturday for our home games. Uh, it, it was a diff- It was very different. Um, you know, getting to play on. Faster, you know, grass. I would definitely say with the NFL grass. Um, you know, we had our own locker room in there, so it wasn't like us using the Titans locker room or anything. It was strictly Tennessee State's locker room, um, but it, it was great. And too, I mean, when other teams, as you probably remember, you know, coming into town, that was a big thing for them as well. You of know, in the NFL NFL stadium, um, but also at Tennessee State, you know, we played. And a bunch of classics, which, you know, in the HBCU, Historical Black Colleges, it's a big thing. So, you know, I got the chance to play in the Georgia Dome, got a chance to play in uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, you know, we played in a few, um, got a chance to play in St. Louis um, in the Dome there and everything like that. So um, it, it's pretty cool. 
Very cool. Devin Wilson with us here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Uh, Sharks wide receiver, and we continue to celebrate local sports, and today is Jacksonville Sharks Day. Let's leave you with this. I've always been fascinated with uh, the arena players, and they always, or usually, I should say, have another job. Uh, I think the Jacksonville Giants here locally, a lot of those guys yep. do as well. Some are substitute teachers. Uh, Devin, did you have have you had multiple jobs during your professional arena career? And uh, what are some of them, if so? And what are some of the most bizarre or, or fun that you've heard of teammates having? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, like, like you kind of said earlier, um, you know, we don't make the big bucks. Um, you know, kind of like some of the professional, other professional teams or leagues make. Um, so you do have to kind of sometimes some guys have to find a different source of income to kind of, you know, offset everything. Uh, but I'm very, I've been very fortunate, uh, to, uh, I'm actually right now I work with Smarter Remodeling, uh, which is the top general contractor in Jacksonville. Uh, we're also a part of the Big 50, which is the top 50 general contractors in the United States. So, you know, if you need any general contracting work or anything like that, <laughs> well don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't hesitate to give me a call or smarter remodeling. Uh, we're definitely the, the best in town. Um, but yeah, a lot of teammates, you know, um, you know, you hear about guys that, um, we had a guy on our team last year, our fullback, uh, Squirewell, uh, which he was, he was a teacher and there were some times where he wouldn't be able to get to practice throughout the week because, you know, he was teaching kids. And, you know, he would have to come in on game days and be ready. And, uh, you know, you have to basically practice and learn the playbook um, on your time away. Um, you know, there's guys that, uh, you know, do uh, HVAC stuff. Um, you know, we have some high school coaches on our staff. Um, trying to think, general, uh, we have, you know, some guys who do landscaping. Uh, Damian Jacobs, uh, our nose tackle from the University of Florida, um, he has his own landscaping business. Um, so yeah, it, it's kind of cool, but it also allows you to rub shoulders with other people and, um, to able to make everything better as well. That's really cool. Uh, good stuff. By the way, uh, there's no doubt, uh, whoever is, uh, part of Smarter Remodeling is now getting a call from our sales folks. Uh, and maybe you can be the pitch man on it. You did a very nice job. Uh, Devin Wilson, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, good to hear from you. Happy Jacksonville Sharks Day here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and continued success. Well, thank you so much, and, uh, you know, look forward to having everybody out when we start the season and uh, hopefully win another championship, go back-to-back, and uh, come out and see us. Spins up. That'd be great. Uh, thanks, man. Devin Wilson joining us. Uh, fun guy. Uh, obviously very talented. Yeah. And I love that aspect of the Arena League. You know, they, they multiple jobs most of the time mm-hmm. uh, for these guys, but they love the game. Yeah. You know, and not getting rich off playing in the Arena League most likely. No, for sure. But uh, you love playing the game and you get to play it at a pretty high level still. Yeah. I mean, that was great, man. It was great talking to a former opponent, man. I wondered and, that when well, I saw Tennessee State. Yeah, I was like, but, I wonder if but he's going to know But it was funny, man, because, like, yeah, I want to talk smack to him, but. The final score of the game when he played in it was nine to six. So what am I going to say about that? <laughs> nine to six in a college football game. Yeah, well, you guys did your job. Yeah, I guess we did our job. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, we'll get back to the NFL when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. Thanks for hanging with us. And you know, Dave and I have discussed this. So you know, we're looking to bring people in that you know have that team concept, not a lot of drama. That's just looking, you know, just looking like really concentrating on. You know, being a good teammate and be able to put it out there on the field. So, you know, those are some of the things from a psychological standpoint that we're looking. We did it. We created it. We brought in guys that we really believe are going to help us. 
Well, that's Doug Marone talking about the kind of players they're looking for. Again, kind of lack of drama, good teammates, all those kind of things. And it, it, what it does is it takes a little bit of a shot that they didn't like the makeup of their football team these last couple of years. Yeah. You know, and, and that is definitely a shot at some of those guys. For sure. Uh, whether it's Jalen, of course, is probably the king of that. Yep. Uh, but there's more, you know. Well, that, that was like Doug Marone going on Instagram and dropping like a little, you know, something cryptic. Yeah, it yeah. really was. I mean, you know, Telvin, I think, is in there. I think Leonard, at times, mm-hmm. has been in that conversation. Uh, and I don't know where he stands now, but I think he's been in that conversation. And I think they need more of... Not that. You know, they also lost some guys, by the way, that I don't think you would classify as. A.J. Boye, uh, Calais, of course. And to be honest with you, I don't think Marcel Darius was that. Do you think Malik Jackson? I think Malik Jackson was okay. Nah, I think Malik Jackson. I mean, listen, I think you're going to have some level of drama in every locker room at some point. You're playing a a grown man's game that's so violent. And you got a ton of personalities, egos, money, all that stuff. So you're going to have some. I mean, I don't think Doug Marone, this isn't the the captains and choir boys of Gene Smith era. I don't think. And and that's, that's the case, Brent. A team full of choir boys will not be successful in the NFL. You wouldn't think. Simple as that. All right, listen, we have talked a lot about the number nine pick. Mm-hmm. We were going to talk a little bit today about the number 20 pick. No, mm-hmm. uh, listen, that's just as big. Well, mm-hmm. maybe not just, but it's not too far from just as big mm-hmm. for the Jacksonville mm-hmm. Jaguars. I get to make my mock selection on Go Look and Wingo on Monday morning. So we'll have that coming up. Uh, and I might need some help because there's a, there's some interesting things here. But let's go to the phones right now because I think uh, this will welcome in some mock discussion. Uh, welcome to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Say hello to Steven on a Friday. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, I did a draft simulator last night, and I want to get your guys' input. I only did five rounds, if that's okay. All right, go quick. That's fun. All right, uh, number nine, I did Javon Kinlaw. At number 20, I did Trevin Diggs. 42, Michael Pittman. 73, Jack Driscoll, offensive tackle. 116, I got running back A.J. Dillon. 137, Hunter Bryant, tight end out of Washington. 140, I went... Uh, for depth with uh, Kenny Willis from Michigan State, defensive end. 157, I did a little more depth with cornerback Legarius Sneed, and I ended it with 165, Ben Brennison, guard from Michigan. What do you guys think about that? All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it, Stephen. Uh, well, that's a lot. I forgot, when you said five rounds, I forgot we had three picks in the first fourth. <laughs> I know, um, right? <laughs> but uh, I wrote them all down. So, <laughs> Good job on doing that because I'm – Standing here flabbergasted. Listen, I'm going to have a hard time criticizing anybody in the in the fourth and fifth rounds for taking a, a tight end, defensive end, corner, and a guard, right? Yeah. I mean, I think but what it comes down to really is the Kinlaw. Give me the first Diggs, four picks. Kinlaw, Trevon Diggs, Michael Pittman, and Driscoll uh, would be the uh, in the third round in offensive linemen. Here's what we're going to do. We'll take a look at it. Okay. What do you think about that? We're also. I also gave you my entire mock draft from a week ago that we did last week on TV. Correct. I want you to tell us what you think about these two mocks. Yeah. And it's also going to introduce us to a segment for next week that, well, everybody listening has a job to do this weekend. Mm. Shock the mock. Shock the mock, baby. I'm about to shock the mock. Can we trademark that? Uh, I mean, have you heard it before? I, have, I have a lot of trademarks. I have New Sack City. I got uh, Okuda's Barracudas, and I'll shock the mock. Brent, I, I, I can only hire so many lawyers for these things. You're man. having a hell of a year. I'll see what I can do, though. <laughs> we'll be back. It smells like cash. Mock me. track time. Who are you taking at 20? Next on ESPN 690.